0: get started with worship. You can't stop the You can't stop You the the be we are been through you mm-hmm. is me how That's <laughs> It's good to see you up here. Uh, looks like we have a few visitors. That's real bit. Uh, we've got some flowers on the order here and uh, that's to uh, celebrate modern Tax anniversary, which I like, think is today. So congratulations that's I'm to you. We also do a number of uh, outdoor games as well. Um, so we encourage uh, you to come. Out. Um, September 13th is our, our Wednesday evening kickoff. We gather the of place for each step. There um, is a sign up sheet, I believe, in the hallway or in the bulletin board in the same story. So we'll sign up, that is a very big part of what we do as a church. So, I've seen it in the entryway way by the church office of the Orange Chair. I believe that was left behind at Timberlake in the service of there. So, if you're missing the Orange camping uh, Chair, uh, that's where we so, that. September 10. Technically, you have to, do, but if you could fill out, it out, we would get it in the middle box and come into the church office. Uh, that is a big part of what we do as a church, too. So uh, um, we're also still behind in our getting out of the church, so I encourage you in that. Uh, a year ago, we passed the budget, and that was our commitment. Yeah, so, we need to step up and try to those So, yeah, we have a couple more Sundays to try and catch up on that. So, we're to to do that. Last thing, we'll, be back, um, well here, to be back in the office tomorrow. he's been on for a few weeks. has been we will also forward to being back in the office. for him and uh, for him. Uh, so it I love of Mark is that going for cancer and uh, it like that's to a continue healing um, be and um, started what's called neurotherapy. if yeah, you have questions on that ask, it's, it's, uh, it's so yeah i are doing all. To continue for activity, get to the and day. are going to answer certain public therapy and uh, you know, an as well. um, for kids, we so went back to school this week. That's a big thing for them, too. let's go ahead and all I is really this morning, I want to thank you so much for this day. Thank you for having this, this morning. Thank you that uh, uh, go you know. to the to to the to the to the to the to 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 Please pray for the 12 Thank you that we get to enjoy the uh, beauty. Enjoy the little And the big thing. actually right so just pray that we safety to people are traveling and just, as tomorrow, it's just kind of And God, uh, I just the we It's so good to be here one of them. you as like dead that I Um, and so if you're ever in middle school, stop by, let me show you around. And we really want this facility to be used for kingdom glory and the help center of the work within our conference where we provide the church and government churches. Another area that we've been building is a strong pool of inner leaders. Uh, we are committed to the next generation. We have set aside $50,000, and are it's a Thank but also in building their legacies. I the legacy and some of it is naturally by how we live life, but also how we steward these resources and We realize that people enjoy giving and working So we have been working with pastors and leadership teams and simply exploring how we can strengthen that environment so that we're always thinking about how we can strengthen the kingdom and build the kingdom even when we are now. And uh, so we are. to um, going to Denver That that so thank you on behalf of Yeah, There's a place where mercy reigns, and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and red wide, where all the love I've ever found comes like out and burns to the death. And I have to think about the fact that the Almighty God, who is filthy and sinless, is able to, and has the ability to annihilate us because of our sin and our perception. But yet, because of his great mercy, he forgave us as he died upon the cross. He continues to forgive us because of our imperfections and all of the things that we mess up with. And he continually extends mercy to and, and, and that is just phenomenal. Um, as you think of that picture of God's mercy this morning, I, I want to ask you what kind of mercy in Cultures, have you recently had? To think about mercy encounters where someone extended grace to you when you didn't deserve it and had every right to do you back. So you kids are heading up to school. Now, I know when you're in school, there are tests that take place. And so let's imagine that you've taken a test or you're, you're, you studied a little for a test and you come to that time of the test, and you're sitting there, and you're taking that test, and it's like you studied it's something totally different than the teacher wanted you to study, you know? It just doesn't make sense. And so you're sitting there, and all at once you kind of you just kind of glance over on the person next to you, and, and just like that, everything comes back, well, yeah, that's the right answer. And so you out your, your test questions, and you turn it end, but then, and you know in that guilt. You know, you finally okay, I'm going So you go to the teacher, and knowing that this is going to mean an F, and, you know, I messed up. I I, I didn't very well. I didn't know the good ones. I looked at this other paper, and yes, i here. And you fully expect that the teacher is going to say, okay, you get the F, that's it. you're out, and yet the teacher says, well, instead of doing that, um, tell you what, I'm going to rewrite a text but the other one but it has the same concepts in it. You study hard and I'll give you another chance. So what's happened? You've been extended great um, as someone that could have done it. You did but chose to do otherwise. For me, little reason that mercy and happened is Diane and I were traveling uh, to Newton, Kansas and that's about, uh, uh, Newton's about 30 miles from, from Hillsborough. You have to go through Walton, the little town, Walden. And so we were heading there, and I don't know, maybe I think heading to Walmart was naturally you gotta eat after you go to Walden, right? In order to do it one way or the other. And so we are ready to find out gonna go shopping then we're gonna go eat a house, but I'm just looking at the apple beans, we're gonna do a or something like that. And, and the lo and behold, as we bust through the little town of Wall Street, and they had this dress appear in the mirror. And any of you experienced something like that, and they had five candles? You know? And, and so. I And I, you know, I go, oh and I look down and I'm like, you know. I pull over and it's like, you know, I, I just totally So the individual comes, the, the police come, they're always very funny, you know. And he said, uh, they always have a great question. You know, things away I say they always have. You know. But the, there's a question that they ask, which is a good question of ownership, and the question is, do you know why I paid you over? I said, well, you know, I, I admit, I was I pleading, I, 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 I'm guilty of fuck. You know, I'm sorry. So you get out your instruments, get out your driver's license, and then he asked me of the question. He said, oh, by the way, do you know how fast you were going? said, no, the last time I looked at him, like I He said, You know, our, our plan for the Applebee's was changed to the um uh up he hey, this is gonna be a pricey ticket. And so he, you know, we're sitting there, you know, and he comes back and he says, As Well, he said, You know, I, I could have given you a ticket for and, and he said but, he said, I decided to give you a warning. He said, Because it would have been a Instead, the most days be careful. It's to be, um, the the day. We have just been extended mercy today, you know. so we still went to Walmart, and I think we probably went there for these, but did it in a very uh, uh, appropriate speed. Um, this morning, I'd like to direct our attention to Micah minus six eight. Have that verse even on the front of your bulletin. And uh, it's a powerful text that is tucked away in a little book called Micah, uh, right at the, at the end of the Old Testament. And, and here in this particular text, if you have that before you, Micah 6, 8, the prophet makes the following statement. And he says, He has shown you people what is good. And what does the Lord require of you, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. You know, a short verse that with significant directors, so follow the rest of you, all of our Lord, the Savior. At the beginning of this verse, the of contemplation challenges the hearers, first of all, to act justly. And I, as I thought about the events of this last week throughout the United States, and I have to think how important it is for us to act justly to other people. And I don't know, even as last as people have not acted justly to other individuals, and there have been people that have died, and have chaos has taken place, and yet Christ continually calls us, and would endorse what Micah says, is to act justly. We are called to a justice for the poor, oppressed, down-trodden, to see all people as individuals that are created by God, and we are called to follow Jesus and act justly in our response. It's not a compunction, but it's a directive. And then at the end of this verse, he also gives another directive, and he says that we are called to walk humbly with our God. And that's a, a beautiful image of walking in stride with God. And when you walk with someone, it means that you're in concert with Him. And you are submitting to His trust And so here the picture is of submitting to God as I'm walking through life, and I'm submitting to Him, I'm humbling my life before Him, and I am saying, yes, I want you to guide and direct me in my life. And if you do that, Says, that's what I desired. in your life. Now, in between these two directives of acting justly and walking humbly is another significant phrase, of directive, and here he says, love mercy. And that's the, the, the concept that i like to unpack this morning. We could say that mercy could be defined as extending compassion or forgiveness for someone when it's within my power, when it's in my right to punish or to harm someone. I have every right to punish them. I have every right to do them in. It's in my power, but I choose not to. I choose to extend compassion. I choose to extend to give forgiveness. I don't know about you, but extending mercy doesn't always pay. you. Right? I mean, exactly what I I really want to do. The phrase love mercy makes for a nice slogan. In fact, I think it'd make a great bumpy sticker, right? Love mercy. Or a t shirt that would have love mercy upon it. Great slogans, but it's difficult to wear in my heart sometimes. Easy to wear a t shirt, easy to put on a bumpy sticker, but it doesn't always work in my heart. If I'm wrong, I want to pay back. I don't want to give. I hope that that person gets what they deserve. Or if I find myself waiting at a convenience store in line for 15 minutes, like here recently, when I get to the checkout person, I struggle with wanting to tell them every reason why this better not happen again. I'm not back. But in those where you don't have a ticket. So, yeah. <laughs> you gotta work on things. And, and so, those are the things that I was struggling with. In fact, recently I was thinking that, and I realized I was teaching to you about the message I go, okay, better do a little check here. Or what about if at work or where you're employed, someone else gets recognized, or maybe even in school where you've been working on a project together, and really it was your idea the way everything kind of came about. But... The reality is, if that other person gets recognized before you. How do we extend mercy in those regards? Well, the isn't like people could identify with our lack of being short on the quality of mercy. But it wasn't just a character deficiency. It was really a symptom of a greater problem in their life. It reflected the fact that they had stepped back from the relationship with God, and their heart had grown cold... And they were illustrating their lack of their allegiance to God by no longer extending compassion and forgiveness to their fellow man. And as they drifted away from God, any attempts by Him to bring them back in line in a relationship were seen as Him being a a bothersome God, or His directions were seen as burdensome. They also forgot all that He had done for them in the past. They forgot about His great mercy that He had extended to them even in their history. And so that's why in Michael 6, 3 and 5, God confronts them with the fact. He pauses and challenges them to stroll down memory lane with them and remember what He has done. He challenges them to remember who He is, and we, in all reality, He's not a burdensome taskmaster, but a God who is full of mercy and pursuing a relationship with them. listen to what He says in Matthew 6, 3, 3 as He challenges them with their attitude that they have toward Him. He says, My people, what have I done to you? Come, have I done to you, handsome you. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember that Bala, king of Moab, plotted and what Bala, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Sitzen to Drogon, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it seems like the people then had a thought, but they still weren't convinced. And so they came to answer sarcastically. now in the next several verses, in verses 6 through 7, and here's what they say. Uh, they say, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before you? With birth with calves that are a year old, will The Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with a thousand rams of oil, salt off of my firstborn. They're basically saying, okay, so what do you want? Do you want just a lot of sacrifices? Do you want my firstborn? What's really going to make you happy? In other words, they were saying, do you simply want a religious act? Is that what you want? What will you be satisfied with? God then responds to the prophet in verse 8 through Micah, and he says, Look, people, you know the answer. Kind of like a parent when your kids have you know, confronted you and you've had a discussion, and yet they really know the answer, right? And he says, You know the answer. Here's what I want. He says, I want you to simply ask trust me, to learn mercy. What humbly with my with me, and that's all I want. That's really what I want. That is what brings pleasure to me, and that's what I need. Every the directive is love, mercy. Our richest kind of understanding mercy is really God Himself, because God embodies mercy. Mercy is not just an add-on act, like on the side. You know, you get all kinds of acts. That's not what mercy is, because in the life of God, we see that He, His whole being, embodies mercy. It's part of His DNA. Listen to the following text from Scripture that speak of God's mercy, Psalms 116, 5. The Lord is gracious and righteousness. Our God is full of compassion, or you could say full of mercy. And the picture here is of that of complete adequacy. Being filled up with mercy, not just a little mercy, but a lot of mercy, full and running over like a bucket of water that is just full to the brim and has plenty of water uh, for all the needs that are around. That's how God is pictured as being full of mercy. Look at. Lamentations 3, 22-23, provides an additional understanding of God's mercy. It's a, it's a passage that many of us love and, and we maybe recite a different times as we think about a day. And here it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never was. Jesus. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, great as your faith. I love this passage because how so many of us grow weary of extending mercy? Maybe one day we'll be okay. Okay, I, I did my, my my deal on mercy, and today I'm just I, I don't think I can, I can do any more mercy, or extend mercy anymore. My kids, my grandkids, my spouse—that's it. That's all the that mercy there is. But God has a different perspective. It says His mercy is new every morning. He's filled with mercy, and He's extending that to us on an ongoing basis. He never runs out. Every day is fresh with mercy for us. And when I slip and when I make a mess of my life, God's mercy sustains me and you, and there's enough mercy for Him to cover the slip-ups and the challenges and the mess-ups that I've done. What a God. For a person, that's for us in Luke 150, we learn another aspect of God's mercy, and in here Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, is singing her song of praise to God and now He's done marvelous things to her. In verse 49 through 50, she says, "For the mighty One has done great things for me." Holy is his name, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Think of it. The mercy spoken of in Michael's day is just as strong and potent today as it was then. The mercy that Christ extended upon the cross when he died and his blood flowed freely us. And we say, wow, that was a powerful illustration of his mercy, is as strong now as it was then when he died upon the cross. It is that potent. It continues to run and to be effective. It's powerful. And then you see, in Ephesians 2 8, we read the following about God's mercy. And it says here, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us a with Christ, even when you we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you've been saved. Who do you know that is rich? Generally, it's someone other than you, right? It's like, oh, hey, that person's rich, don't rich but that person is. You know, they have thousands of youths, for resources. And the image here is of saying, God is rich in mercy. He never runs bankrupt. That's continual mercy for whatever situations you find ourselves in. And so, you know, as you think about the fact that God embodies mercy, mercy is defined by God Himself. The question that each of us has to ask is, have we made that initial response to Him? Have we identified, Lord, I need You in my life. Lord, forgive me for the sins that I've committed. I've missed the mark. Lord, I reach out to You in mercy into my life this great morning to do it and on this this August day to say Lord I need your mercy. I need your most in my maybe we have accepted his mercy but we've stepped back from enjoying that relationship and to be able to, to say to God Lord I, I desire your heart Lord As God then describes mercy and paints mercy and first of all identifies that He is the God of mercy, in Micah 6.8 He then says to the people, He says, now I want you to integrate this mercy I show you into your lives. You could say, we are now called to be channels of mercy. God, first of all, embodies mercy. But now he calls us to be a channel for that mercy, soon, so that others can also experience his mercy. You could say that to show mercy and live out mercy is a characteristic of life in God's kingdom. It's what His church, His His family, is all about. It's what I believe Henderson, MD, is about. Uh, it's. Not something we add on to our activities and say, oh, now we're going to have mercy, kind of a little extra thing going on here. No. Mercy is to be part of the church's DNA. It's a part of what sets us apart from the world's standards. It's what communicates the quality of God's heart. People that we come in contact with on an ongoing basis, it's how other people see God's heart because they see his mercy in us. As I've acknowledged, figuring out how to be merciful in a world we live in is difficult. You know, I, I don't have a doubt. But I found that as we surround ourselves with others who are on this journey of figuring out, it's Diane and I are part of the life group. In fact, School. we talking about life groups and how they can help in a and develop us. And I found in a life group that we've been a part of in first so, is that we have a wide variety of experiences from people who have so grandkids and people who have kids and people who don't have kids. It's been interesting to see how even this whole issue of mercy, how we've been able to encourage one another of of how we can handle an employer that is too merciful, or a fellow worker who may not be merciful, or how we extend mercy even to family members in different situations. And so, you know, it's interesting that God has placed within the body ways of continually helping us to figure this out. You know, I believe this morning I could make maybe a bold statement and say that an absence of mercy is a sign of unbelief and rejection of God. Let me say that again. An absence of mercy can be an illustration of a sign of unbelief and rejection of God because mercy is so integrated into the fabric of who God is. If I say I am a follower of Jesus Christ, but yet I refuse to demonstrate mercy, I am rejecting the quality and the record that God has given to me. Just as the Israelites were demonstrating their rejection of God by refusing to be merciful to their neighbors and those around them, so when we live lives void of mercy, we show our rejection of the heart and the values of God. I'd like to just identify a familiar text that even speaks about this. It's found uh, in Luke chapter 6. And then want will turn to that. Luke chapter 6, verse 32 and 36. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Many have identified this as some of the hard sayings of Jesus. And, you know, reading through this, I'd say, yeah, that's true. These are hard sayings. And, and listen, or follow along as as I read, and here Jesus is speaking and he's challenging his readers, challenging them. He says, "If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners so that they may be repaid in full. But, love your enemies and do good and lend, except nothing back, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high, because you are kind to ungrateful and evil people. Be merciful then, just as your Father is merciful. You know, it's interesting when we come to this last verse, verse 26, so 36, it says, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. We sometimes disconnect that from the previous verses that we've read. But what I'd like to suggest this morning, it's not a disconnection. It's really a summary of all the verses that have been said before. And it sums up this first sermon on the Mount to be merciful, even as our Father is merciful. To love our enemies, when we have the power to punish them, is mercy in action. To lend in the help, when someone has no ability to return the favor, is mercy. To be kind to the ungrateful and evil people is an act of mercy. And all of these actions are a demonstration of what we call mercy to the poor. It is as we demonstrate mercy that the unbelieving world begins to know Christ and who Christ is through how we live out our lives. Years ago, I saw Christ uh, through my Father when he demonstrated mercy to a neighbor that next to And in western Kansas, you don't always have mild roads, but you have trails, the so wild lines, to the toots, or little tats between the section And there was there, a neighbor that had stubble on one side of the zillion trail, and my dad had a planted on the other side. To get to a termofollow piece of land that was a little bit farther over here, you would have thought he would have driven on his shovel and driven to that place where he was going to use the footstone to drop meter to work some leads that would come up in his termofollow land. But instead, he drove. He didn't fold but he just kind of drove on it and as a result of that, Richard, he didn't have an autograph, but it was a little enough. It just broke off the envelope for, for about an acre, I would say. You know, I remember riding with my dad, I was in high school, and he sees that and he stops, and he asked me if he wasn't excited about that. And so, as a as a high schooler, you know I'm saying? Hey, dad, what are you going to do? You know, my dad is a contemplative individual sometimes, and, you know, he said, right now, nothing. It isn't worth it. There's more strength than matter. And y'all have to think about that. My dad had a view you uh, and I. You said I didn't have it that particular time. Because... I I failed to realize it, that he and some of the other fellow neighbors who were Christians had been relating to this neighbor. In fact, he had an elevator that they had been doing business with. But somehow this neighbor just did not get along or appreciate these guys, in particular Mennonites in that community. And my dad was seeking to reach out and to relate to him and to identify the cause of Christ even more one, who, who is one who is definitely not going in that direction. And so, I think back to that every that, because I realize that sometimes there's more stake in my life, and sometimes we have to have a, an eternal recalculation so that we see things the way God does, from His perspective, rather than... So, as we wrestle with the implications of this whole issue of love mercy, the question should then be, how will I choose to love mercy this week? How will I choose to be clothed in mercy? In fact, there's an interesting phrase in Colossians 3.12 that talks about being clothed. getting up and putting on your clothes every morning. How am I going to be this morning? Get up and put on your shoes as, as I wear it. How will I embody mercy in those help of us? There's one writer that I was recently reading who provides uh, some of the following insights from how we are to love mercy. And just listen to some of the thoughts that he shared. He says, mercy creates an atmosphere in which a person feels safe enough to admit their mistake or ask a question. Furthermore, if one must correct someone or discipline another, then it will pain them to do so however, however they do it. They do it gently without a vindictive doubt. Making makes a habit of giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Mercy is not in the habit of sending deadly glares to people who are in or people who are slow and disorganized. Have you ever done that? I'm going to take it ahead. I'm clearing up the third. I'm it. Mercy gives charitably, knowing that eventually someone will take advantage of their generosity. Mercy relinquishes control and, when doing so, allows another person to grow and learn. Mercy makes it one's business to help others succeed. Mercy helps open up conversations and doesn't shut them down. Mercy helps encourage instead of pressing one's spirit. Mercy clears clutter for others so that they may see how clearly and they see clearly who Christ is and how he came to extend mercy to them in their life situation. You know, as I spent my life probably one of the biggest things I would say I'm dealing with this whole area of faith and the area of mercy, you know, Because it's so you know, Because every day we get this mercy test, and how we're going to demonstrate mercy. Whether my unkind thoughts are openly expressed to a friend or muttered under my breath as I drive away in the quietness from Dollar General after the waiting for 20 minutes, of life. You know, each failure of a spending mercy really arose. Yet thankfully, God continually extends His mercy day in and day out. His mercy for new every morning, great as His faithfulness, and His mercy continues to spill over even on the days that His extended mercy is The good news is God's mercy is rich, rich for each of us, and He extends it. He models it. it mean that as a result of modeling mercy, there may be others that simply lean in to see what does this mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to live a different life than one who is addicted and always trying to get the upper hand? Being merciful to a record we're called to do and how we choose to be merciful this week. Father, we thank you for this day. We want us for an opportunity to look into your word and to realize that you are God Forgive us where we fail. Forgive us where we fail to realize the depth of your mercy. Help us to continually choose to exemplify your heart and your attitude. And that may we realize that there are some things in life that are more important than getting the upper hand to do Thank you, Lord, and Help us to choose,